G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Happy long weekend, I'm coming at you Sunday Arvo, very uh, dusty after watching Dusty dominate on the grand final stage. There's plenty that I'm going to discuss in this Fast Five, but I think the 2019 grand final is a good place to start. It was a bit of a boil over, unfortunately, for millions of people around Australia who were stuck watching TV screens. Uh, Probably not a lot of them made it past halfway through the third quarter. Richmond were in cruise control for most of the game. Bad, bad scenes for the Giants, who were actually held to their lowest score ever on the game's biggest stage. So it's a bit embarrassing for GWS and their fan base, but full credit to them for getting there. There's not really a lot to discuss. Richmond was probably one of, if not the best, well, they won the flag, so it's hard to argue that they were the best, weren't the best team this year. But congrats to the Tigers. They're starting to build a nice little dynasty there, and they'll roll in 2020 as one of the favourites. I'll discuss a couple of those things in a little bit, but what a story for Marlon Pickett. I've got to give him a bit of a shout-out as well. Kicked a goal and didn't look shy on the game's biggest stage. He was out there running a mark and getting plenty of the footy. Dusty now joins a pretty elite group as a two-time Norm Smith medalist, same with Cochin, now a two-time flag skipper. Dusty's one of only seven blokes to kick four goals and have 20-plus touches. Was Maybe you could make a bit of a case for Basher Hooley or even Pickett, or I thought Dion Prestia, maybe especially in the early parts, as a Norm Smith medalist. But that last goal that Dusty kicked in the fourth quarter definitely cemented his best-on-ground performance. So congrats to the Tigers. Second thing I want to discuss is sticking with the Tigers. I think them, Collingwood and West Coast are the three pillars entering 2020, in my opinion. And I would love to see any combination of those three in the grand final. Obviously, those three teams have all made a grand final in the past two years. Two of them have won it. So I feel like they're the teams that will probably enter next year, especially if the Coasters get Tim Kelly as red-hot favourites. So watch out for those three to dominate in 2020. But there are plenty of other teams coming. The Giants, definitely one of them. Statistically, we've seen that after a team gets belted, loses by 40-plus in the finals, they traditionally don't do very well the next season. But the Giants have a very young nucleus and will get a couple of blokes back healthy. So I think that they could be hard to stop. Along with the Dogs, especially if a lot of these players who are linked to joining their club actually do get moved. In the off-season, that'll be very interesting to watch. The Lions as well, they're uh, a team on the rise. Undoubtedly made the biggest jump, I think, in AFL history from 15th to 2nd on the ladder. So, can't really sleep on them. It'll be interesting to see which clubs take a step back. Because you feel like Essendon are another team that could maybe be better, even though they've had a bit of a topsy-turvy year. Same with the Hawks, if they get Tom Mitchell back healthy. Geelong, you do wonder if they've kind of missed their window of opportunity. They've got a pretty elder statesman group of their star players. So Gary Ablett might, he hasn't announced yet, but might call time on his career. So if they lose him, there'd be another big blow. So it'll be interesting to see how the teams take shape. And I'll cover all of that throughout the pre-season and off-season, all the player movement and the draft stuff. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anyone can upseed West Coast Collingwood or Richmond, or if one of those three big dogs will win another flag in 2020. Third thing I want to dive into is some NFL news now. One game's out of the way already. We've still got 15 left in the books. And Sunday, or Monday, Australian time, presents a lot of opportunity to watch some football. And there's plenty of interesting games. The Bills and the Patriots are actually two undefeated teams that will clash this week. So it'll be interesting to see if... 
Buffalo and their defense can try and slow down Tom Brady and their high-octane offense, but the Pats' defense is probably their calling card early this season as well. So two good defenses going up, but I still think the Patriots will take care of business, probably by at least a touchdown. A similar event will probably occur between Kansas City and Detroit in my eyes. Two other undefeated teams. I know Detroit's had a draw, but still have zero L's in their uh, loss column, but I think that'll change. Surely Patty Mahomes will just take care of business against them. So they're the clashes between the teams that haven't got an L yet, but I think they'll probably be a bit of a boil over and the two AFC Giants will probably roll to wins there. I'm going to have my eyes very closely on Cleveland this weekend, heading to Baltimore. They can't really afford to drop this game. I wrote an article a couple of days ago about the teams that are kind of playing for their season in week four, and it sounds crazy to say with only 25% of the season done, but not only can Baltimore kind of stake their claim as a legitimate Super Bowl threat, but yeah, Baker Mayfield and the Browns have to steady the ship, otherwise they're going to be in for a ton of criticism moving forward. So I'm going to be very, very closely watching uh, how the events unfold there. There aren't really any great games in the middle window, the games that kick off about 4am WA time, so maybe Seattle, Arizona could be interesting. Tampa Bay, LA doesn't really sound great, but Minnesota, Chicago does kind of interest me. Two quarterbacks that aren't really dominating, but their teams are doing mildly well, and if their quarterbacks in Kirk Cousins and Mitchell Trubisky can take another little step up, then they're two teams in the NFC North that can potentially challenge the Green Bay Packers for the NFC North title. And yeah, I think that's heading into this week anyway, before the Packers took a loss on Thursday. They were the only division with all four teams having a winning record as long with the Vikings, the Bears. What's the other fourth team? Can't remember now. It escapes me. But regardless of who the fourth team is, I'll be watching those two NFC North blokes. But the big game heading into tomorrow's slate of fixtures and probably the match of the week in my eyes is Dallas and New Orleans. Dallas is 3-0 at the moment, but they haven't really clashed with anyone too talented, powerful, I can't really think of the right word, but the teams they've played so far have been pretty crap, so this is going to be a good chance for them to show that they actually are a legit threat. Going to New Orleans without Drew Brees should be an interesting game, and I think, like I said, that'll be the match of the day. Probably picking Dallas there, but it'll be very interesting to see, heading to the Superdome, what exactly the Cowboys can do. From a fantasy perspective, just very quickly, Justin Jackson has been listed out for the Chargers, and for that reason, they've activated Melvin Gordon. It was announced that earlier this week he was going to come back and join the LA Chargers after ending his holdout, and there's no reason why he won't play now after being activated and he's on their roster. They've only got three running backs, including him, along with Austin Eckler, so it'll be interesting to see just exactly how much Gordon does play, and he'll probably eat a little bit into Eckler's production against Miami, but Eckler should still be great. I'd still be starting him in fantasy. I traded him in a few of my leagues. I think I still got him in one, and he'll start this week, but moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how Eckler and Gordon split carries and receptions and time on field, so I think this week it's safe to start Eckler. Moving forward, though, I expect Melvin Gordon's workload to ramp up, so... If you're a Gordon owner, that's good news, but if you own the other Chargers running backs, probably not great. There isn't too much injury news at this stage. This is, like I said, about 12 hours before the games tip off, so make sure that you check up-to-date stuff. But T.Y. Hilton, the Indianapolis Colts receiver, looks like he's going to be out, so 
that's a bit of a bummer because he's usually a great reliable receiver. Hurts me in one of my teams as well, so I'll be looking for someone else to plug in at wide receiver. Could be the same case for Julian Edelman owners. I think from all reports he will play, but he's been under an injury cloud all week. So just monitor his status again closer to kickoff because if he's not playing, you're going to need a plan B. Finally, the last thing I want to talk about is a little bit of NBA stuff. Eric Spolstra just signed a contract extension with the Heat. He's now going to be with Miami through to the end of the 2024-2025 season. So it's actually the second longest tenured coach in the league behind Greg Popovich, which kind of surprised me. But you do kind of forget he's a two-time championship coach. He's going to be very interesting to see how he deploys Jimmy Butler and runs his team through that all-star win this year, but I feel like they've still got another move or two left in them to try and jump up the standings and maybe enter the top like two or three seeds in the East. I think Miami could be that good. We're going to start seeing a lot of NBA stuff ramping up. I'm going to ramp up my coverage as well. There's an article that I'm working on at the moment, maybe get it out tonight, more likely tomorrow, on the one player from every NBA team that you want to watch this preseason. I did say earlier that my laptop's up and about and I'll be recording more podcasts. However, the issue that surfaced before is happening again. So I promised a Sunday podcast, so this is this one, but I don't know when the next one will come out. Hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, there'll be one up Tuesday or Wednesday, but if there isn't one in your news feeds, then I promise there'll be one there very soon. Last thing I want to actually discuss, just going to tease something JLo and I have been working on, uh, another little podcast slash YouTube channel that we're going to launch pretty soon. We've had a couple of issues as we've tried to get it off the ground, but I probably won't have JLo on the Sports by Podcast too much more often. I'll probably devote this podcast to a lot of fast fives and talking about some of the articles I write. He'll pop in from time to time, especially when we ramp up some of the fantasy stuff and the AFL stuff, but he and I are going to launch our own new stream pretty soon, so I'll keep you up to date with the happenings of that, but otherwise, thank you for tuning into this episode. Have a great weekend. Till next time, peace.